The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 17th, 2023, season 19, episode number 52. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And, man, heading into a bye week, it's so good to be able to talk about Mm. a win. Cowboys go and get a win that, as Dak Prescott made it clear, it was a very important win for them. I heard Jerry this morning on 105.3 The Fan. He said the same thing. I think everybody agrees this was a big win that they really needed uh, to head into this bye week. Four and two feels a lot different than three and three. They go on the road and win 20 to 17 in a thriller. Really good game. And I think we all, last week when we were calling this game, I think everybody had close scores. We all expected it to be a close game, but as the game wore on, it really was tight. Uh, we'll break all that down for you guys. I'll start first where we usually start after a game, and I'll go around the table. I want you guys to tell me what you think is the the, the enduring storyline of this game when you look back on uh, week six of the NFL season, Cowboys versus Chargers. So I'll start with you, Patrick. Uh, for me, the biggest thing is, um, as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, Dak Prescott is not just a torso with arms and a head. He has legs. Whoa. He has legs. and oh, he really? Yeah. And I he, mean, I, we knew that. Yeah, but he's <laughs> using them now. It. He's using them now. So, I mean, we talked about it uh, quite a, a bit over these past several weeks, and we wanted to see Dak Prescott unleash uh, his mobility and his escapability, and it was on full display um, in Los Angeles against the Chargers. And, you know, you could talk about the 18-yard option run that turned into a touchdown. And the fact that he hadn't used his legs actually worked in his favor in that aspect because the Chargers defenders didn't respect him enough to actually Actually put a spy on him in that, and uh, he took off and he got the touchdown. And then you, you know, you look at the 60-yard touchdown uh, toss and catch to Tony Pollard. That was an escapability play. He, you know, pocket broke down as it did several times last night. He got out of there. One of the several times that Dak Prescott extended the play, bought time to get the playmakers uh, an opportunity to get open. They got open for him. There's the catch. Tony Pollard does the rest. And then you know, C.D. Lamb, um, you know, had a big game and. You know, so Dak Prescott, mobility, when you put that on film, teams have to account for that. And now that they have to account for it going forward, all I want to do is see consistency with that. That's an added element of the offense the Cowboys have been lacking. And when the offense has been as stale as it has been, it can only help going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for me, this game was a little too head-to-head for my liking. I was sweating a few, uh, in a few <laughs> moments. So I don't like that. I need you to give me more, do better. But I'll take the win and I'll celebrate it. Amber wants to be chilling by the fourth quarter. She yeah. doesn't want to be Yeah, exactly. Yeah. by the Man. I hate it. Every time I'm like, I'm not even gonna look, but I look. I'm like, I, I can't. I don't. I. That's what I hate about sports. But at the same time, that's what you love, you love about sports. About sports yeah. But um, aside from Dak, I would say, Silly Lamb, mm. get as mad as you want yes. anytime you want. I mean, he was absolutely perfect for the Cowboys. He got seven of seven reception, got everything, 117 yards. I mean, he did so much for the Cowboys. And and again. I love the way they 
were able to work together. Dak and CeeDee coming off the loss against the 49ers and knowing and seeing the frustration that was there and it didn't that could have turned bad, you know, but they worked on it and again there was no drama there. Dak talked about it post game, you know, that's just kinda the nature of a competitor and they've worked on it. So it was beautiful. There were times where Dak threw a pass that I thought was targeted to someone else and then CD popped out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, where'd you come from? You got me there. And I was loving it. Uh so great job to them both for just kind of cleaning up the game and getting in sync this week. When you play run defense, you got to play it as a unit. And they did a great job against Austin Eckler last mm-hmm. night in this football mm-hmm. game. It really started up front with Hankins. His ability to show he's not just this big, massive man in the middle. He's got some agility to him. He's got movement to him. He's got the ability to spin when they try and block him. He's able to get off blocks. He could be disrupted that way. Him and Mozzie Smith actually did a really nice job. He got a really good game from Damone Clark, the way that he was able to play downhill. There was one time on one of the better Eckler runs where he had the chance to kind of come up and make it a two-yard play. End up being a six-yard run. But overall, though, him, Lawrence, this front, did a a super job. Yeah, Bell did a super job of controlling and not allowing the previous week. You saw the San Francisco's offensive line. San Francisco has a better line. When you play against a line that's not as good, you got to take advantage of that. The Cowboys did a great job of of doing that. Front seven football, safety's getting down sometimes when they needed to make it happen. But... You can watch the tape and see these guys getting off blocks all day. Austin Eckler never got going in this football game, and that was going to be a key because in week one, he did. He killed the Dolphins. And you're kind of thinking, oh, they're going to try and run the ball. When they tried to run the ball, there was no gains, no gains, gain to three, gain to three, gain to one. That's how your Cowboys played run defense yesterday. Absolutely. All right, let's start breaking down this thing. Uh, Let's start with the, the head man, Dak Prescott. Yesterday, he was 21 of 30. Uh, 272 yards, one passing touchdown, 109.3 passer rating. In addition to that, led the team in rushing, seven rushes for 40 yards and one rushing touchdown. Overall, as you watched Dak Prescott play yesterday, how did you assess him uh, on the field? I gave him an A, uh, not an A plus because there are you know a couple of throws that he'd like to have back. He talked about uh, after the game he harped heavily on that throw to Tony Pollard mm-hmm. on that deep post that he said he's going to have a nightmare about uh, because he really wanted he that him. back. He had him, he had him. Um, but aside from that, I mean, you look at what he was able to do. I just talked about what he was able to do with the legs, but the timeliness of the plays that he was able to make as well kept the Chargers de- uh, defense off balance completely for most of the evening. Basically, willed the Cowboys offense to critical plays and third down conversions um, and then you know the efficiency of his production 5.7 yards per per carry when he you know took off and ran with the ball um, so yeah I mean Dak Prescott he basically did exactly what he needed to do as far as getting the offense moving when it couldn't move um, Brandon Cooks that connection came alive last night uh, CeeDee Lamb you talked about it could have gone left. Instead, it went right, which is where it needed to be, 117 yards. And really, that could have been a 150, 175-yard game for C.D. Lamb if they kept you know that uh, connection alive in the second half. So I'll give Dak Prescott a very, very solid A for that. The stat line's not going to blow you away, but when you really start digging deep into it, uh, and this was not the best night for Cowboys in pass protection as far as their front five. He was under duress quite a bit, but he was 7 for 9 when when pressured for 105 yards, passer rating of 152. Dak Prescott came to play last night. 
Yeah, very clean game. No turnovers. Uh, Jalen Hurts. No, just kidding. I don't have any beef. I don't have any beef with Hurts. I actually like him, but uh, oh, just no. the fan base. Big, big just Nate, the fan big base. Nate's going to text you in a minute. <laughs> no, but um, just for, very nice job by Dak. Just uh, keeping it clean and, and protecting the ball, knowing, reading things well, knowing when to take off and run. He didn't have great protection from the O-line and they were struggling all night I thought. Um, But he did such a nice job. A lot of those passes, they were so clean and so perfect and so fast and quick that every decision he took for the... uh, Nothing comes to mind that was really bad. A couple but, of throws he liked back, but there was nothing that you were like, oh, you, you don't nothing throw. That killed him. Yeah, you weren't like, a, you a don't throw that. Like the, 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 throw the, Gallup, the one yeah. to Gallup throw yeah. was a little little tall. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Guy, the, it looked the like one, it slipped but out she, of his she's hand. saying as far as there's not a Hold throw on, that he that, made that, that you were like, yo, That you he threw throw. right in Gallup's hand. And yeah, see, he should have had – yeah, that should have been a touchdown. But they had one up the seam, yeah, too. The other big, one. Yeah. yeah. You know, but like, like, there were a couple times, I think – and I had a couple people hit me up on Twitter. There were a few times in the game where – there were some open guys that I don't think Dak necessarily saw. Yeah. Um, which again, which that goes doesn't to you kill being you. Under pressure as well. Yeah, that doesn't kill you as long as you're not making bad throws yeah. and throwing into yeah. coverage, right. right? You can you can accept those, especially in a close game that was kind of nasty. It was there was a lot of things going on that doesn't kill you. So, so yeah, he didn't have a perfect night, but I think he played overall. Go yeah, ahead. all so. in all, he had a very good uh, final final qualification from me and everything you see it in the stats you see it in the way he led the team and just the way he was connecting with with different guys and maybe it's also I don't know because this is where it gets kind of fuzzy and confusing to me whether when it's like the player versus the play caller Mm -hmm. and what Mike McCarthy is currently doing that's when I don't really know whose decision or who's allowing what, but hey, it, it worked and they got to win. They had really a big problem with the twist fronts up, up mm. front. That's when where your pressures were coming from. The Chargers decided they're going to move your offensive linemen, and that's where they've had some problems. Uh, Dak benefited greatly uh, from the guys around him. Cooks had a great game. CD, as you talked about, was outstanding. The third down drive, the third down uh, catch by Cooks that got him a first down and mm-hmm. kept the drive going at the end was a huge play. Tony Pollard does not get it nearly enough credit for being a blitz pickup guy that he is. Oh, yeah. He is his ability to step up and night. square up and hit people, and sometimes it, it, it compresses him. But he stays. He knows who to hit. He knows how to cross the pocket. He knows how to stay out of the way. He's good at picking up his keys. The play that he made on 60 yards, he was helping protection. Dak flushes to his right, and all of a sudden it's like everybody's running trying to cover uh, the outside guys and maybe Dak running with the ball and Dak with good vision sees Pollard instead of Pollard drifting with him he goes straight up the mm-hmm. field go right to the middle nobody's there he breaks the tackle from Davis Davis had a really rough game last night for them but his ability to block and then like oh no we're in trouble now make a play and he is able to do that but overall the Cowboys have got to figure out for this protection about these twist fronts it happened in San Francisco. It happened in this week against the Chargers. They've got to kind of figure this out. They're not passing these stunts well enough, and and hopefully they'll get that figured out. But the quarterback did a good job. Back did a good job. Receivers did a good job of bailing them out. On that point, how much do you think that the issues they're having right now with picking up those stunts and those twists 
are a result of the fact that this offensive line hasn't played together. This is only yeah. the second game now, yeah. as you said, Brian, where you, you're getting that dream yeah. of having all those guys together. Do you think this is something that can get better with time? I hope it does because they're not going to practice any this week. Right? Yeah, right. You know, with the collective bargaining, they're going to get basically the whole week off. So anything to do game plan, scheme wise, whatever going forward is going to be have to be discussed with the coaches. Uh, but yeah, it's something that they're going to see every week. That's the way it is with the league. How many years we've we been around Kellen Moore? He's never thrown a screen pass to the running back. What happened? He saw previous week Dallas couldn't handle a screen pass. So I would say, whoop, let's throw it to Eckler here, and he runs it for 25 yards or so. They're going to test you every single time. If you can't pick these twists up and you can't pass them, it's something they're going to have to work on. But it, you know, maybe it is something about all the guys not playing together. But that is somewhat of a veteran group. Yeah. You know, the left guards, uh, he's he's young. The center's struggling with it a little bit. And Martin and Steele haven't been as clean as they normally are. And so that that's a little bit of a concern going forward. Yeah. The more reps, the better. I mean, bottom line, more reps, the better. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago, if that. Um, I mean, the more reps these guys get as this combination of front five, the more the chemistry builds, the more the kind of the telepathy builds as far as timing and feel, being able to feel the guy next to you and knowing that if I go right, he's going to go left. If I go left, he's going to go right. So I, I'm optimistic that, you know, as the season goes along, they'll get better. At, at combating that, um, but they're definitely going to have to get better at it before week nine, because when they come out of the bye week, yes, they they're hosting the Los Angeles Rams, which can be challenging as a front Rams as well, most certainly, not at all. So that's going to be a, a good, you know, sharpening device as far as trying to make sure that you're ready for the Philadelphia Eagles, because that's really going to be as far as the defensive front. You thought the 49ers front was bad, and it is bad as far as, you know, bad boys. Um, but the Eagles, they're, they're coming with the smoke. So figure it out. But uh, to your point, one of the only ways to figure it out is to keep this unit healthy and getting reps on the field together. Yeah, that's to the get... only. Go sorry. No, go uh, I was just going to say you said healthy. And that's the only thing that kind of pops up in my mind because you look at them, each guy has enough experience, some plenty of experience to make it work individually to where they're not struggling on those matchups. But then you talk about being healthy. That's the only thing that pops in my head. Because They might not be completely healthy right now at center and they might not be completely healthy at right guard. Mm. Those are those. And are that, that might right be there. it because... Other than that, I mean, you look at by name and experience, these, when healthy, mm -hmm. should be one of the best groups you got. And like around the NFL, too, I would say, in my opinion, no, that's true. in the O-line. No, so true. it's just maybe it's a health issue because I, I still find it hard to believe that the second week that they're all together, they're still kind of struggling this like that because the communication thing, I get it. Yeah, you need to practice and all that. But some are individual mistakes yeah so hopefully they figure it out and like Ty tyron's still dealing with the knee to your point so i mean they're they're kind of banged up for the most part but they're not 100 percent healthy and hopefully this bye week will play largely oh. into hoping that they can be as healthy as possible for two weeks from now yeah i think the thing that concerns me the most about this offensive line is that I, to a man you can go down the line I don't think any of them have played up to what I thought they right. were, uh, what right. the standard was yep. for each of them individually, and where I've seen them play, uh, the level I've seen them play throughout their careers, right. varying levels of, of their careers, uh, because they all have different number of years in the league, but right. none of them are playing up to that standard. And that's the part that concerns me a little bit. But 
again, I'm willing to give it time because I do think that, that playing in the offensive line, as we've talked about a lot, is about the unit more so than it is the person. And if they can start to figure out how the chemistry should work, maybe that solves a lot of these problems for them. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. We'll come back. we got more to talk about. We'll talk about the wide receivers. And one connection that didn't seem to work last night, but the Cowboys kept going back to it. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Come out to AT&T Stadium on February 24th for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship Series. Watch the world's best two-wheeler racers uh, converge on one night of a nonstop action. Enjoy unprecedented access to the sport's biggest stars with an up-close view of their race bikes and their team rigs at FanFest. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment's brought to you by Blockchain.com. Okay, there we go. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Yesterday, here was an interesting part. Uh, seven of Dak's nine incompletions yesterday. He had nine total incompletions. Seven of them were targeted at Michael Gallup. 17 of 18. He was 17 of 18 when he was throwing the Lamb, Cooks, or Pollard. Only one incompletion to those three wide receivers. My question for you guys is, 
What's happening with that connection? What are you guys seeing? Is this a, a situation where Dak's forcing the ball? Do you think it's a situation where they're just not connecting? There are wide open opportunities and they're just missing them. What, do you, what are you seeing from that connection particularly? I think it's interesting that when you when you look at the the connection between Gallup and Dak, it's just the, it's the inconsistency that throws me off because you look at what he was able Gallup was able to do against the Arizona Cardinals. He was one of the few that had a, a really strong game against the Cardinals, and that included a pretty solid separation rate. Look at what he did against the, against the Patriots. He had a 4.4 yard separation rate, second best of any receiver not named Cavante Turpin. 44 yards after the catch. So you've seen as recently as a couple games ago that this connection can work when it gets going early, but when Things go left for them early, uh, incomplete here, uh, you know, overthrown pass here. It kind of sets the tone for them for the rest of the game, and that tends to be what carries the rest of the game. Like when they can't get on early and get on a heater early, Gallup and Dak, that connection, it tends to just be ice cold the rest of the game. And don't necessarily know why other than just the psychology of um, maybe – one of both of them just trying too hard at that point. Like you said, then it becomes forceful as opposed to it being organic. But, I mean, interestingly enough, we talk about Brandon Cooks, who finally had you know a really good game with the Cowboys and was utilized appropriately. His rate of separation wasn't much different last night in Los Angeles than Michael Gallup. Gallup was 2.1, which was the low of all receivers. Cooks was 2.5. Um, so when you go and look at the film, then you start to look at it contextually and say, okay, what were the play calls? What was the coverage look? Things like that. But, I mean, Gallup and Dak, they, the Connection exists, but again, my biggest thing is it feels that if it doesn't work on the first one to three targets, it's probably not going to work at all that game, which is different from if it doesn't work for the first one or two targets to Lamb, they can still get it going and go on a heater. So there's something different with that dynamic there. Yeah, what's weird to me, <clears throat> sorry, what's weird to me is when you look at the stats and everything, and I haven't gone or haven't had time to do anything this morning, but That's definitely fair. yeah, <laughs> definitely haven't had time to look back at what was happening in each play and where guys were lining up and who was open or not, but it's weird to me when you see, uh, one, Lamb should be the one with the most targeted passes, mm -hmm. and that hasn't happened. Then you look at Brandon Cooks, he finally had a game where he, in the second half, he started showing up and all that and making it work. But still, you want to see those targeted even higher. But what blew my mind is Jake Ferguson. Historically, in Dak's career, the tight end has been the safety net, safety blanket to Dak Prescott. And Jake, yes, there have been time earlier in the season where it hasn't worked, but typically it works. And he'll catch the ball and give you some gain. And he only had one reception. So, again... And he was open last night. There were several times I was like, Jake, Jake, Jake. So, it's, it, that's, a, that's what's strange to me. Because that has been the one position that tends to work for Dak. Tight end, tight end. And it's just, like, slowly kind of disappearing. And you don't see it. And I don't think it's necessarily because Jake is playing a bad game because he has no, caught the ball. Yeah. So it's just it's just odd. And again, and you guys said the word forcing. Mm -hmm. It did seem like they were forcing, forcing it. Like last night, it turned into one of those where, okay, just, just stop. And that's not to say anything necessarily fully negative about Michael Gallup because what was that one game that he was mainly the only guy really? Arizona. 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 Uh, so he does have – Games like that sometimes, but it's not 
his tendency. He's just, there's no consistency there. Yeah, the word is consistency because there's throughout his history, he's had two or three games in a row and he'll disappear for five. Mm-hmm. You will never see him on the stat sheet. Uh, they tried last night to get him the football. They drug him underneath. That kind of sidearms it to him. He's going to try and carry him across the formation to, you know, across the middle there to catch the ball and get the first down, catch it, turn up. And then Gallup is kind of hesitant, like, I'm not sure where I'm supposed to really mm-hmm. – am I supposed to keep going? Am I supposed to stop? He hesitates. Now the ball's now too wide. third down, right? Yeah, third down there. play. And they set it up for him to get the ball. Yeah. They, they drag it and they, they try and rub it uh, with, the, with the crossers, with Ferguson uh, running you know, to him and then under. And then so they're going to try and get him open. But he's still – he's got a little separation yeah. there. That kind of sidearms it. Because of the way the, the defender was, he had to just. But he led him enough to where if Gallup keeps running, it's going to be a catch. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, though, like I think Patrick's right about that. I think he's one of those guys. I think he's a confident player. Mm-hmm. When he lacks confidence, he doesn't play as well. The couple he body catches balls when he gets nervous. We've seen that happen to him a couple of different times. You know, he just. But his his inconsistency: two good games, four bad games. One good game, two bad games. It's just kind of been his career. And, and I don't think it has anything to do with his health or anything like that. I was personally in that game last night thinking if they targeted CD 20 times, there would have been 20 catches. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just how I Could felt him play. And that's just, when you get the vibe of like who's having a good game well, and who's not. Then one is, the... one is clearly a more confident yeah. player. The other one struggles. And even when they try and help him, and we always ask, well, man, they need to get him more involved in you know, you're thinking like, yeah, get Lamb more involved. Great. Get Gallup more involved. Well, we did, but this is what happens to you occasionally, and you have to be aware of that. Yeah, it feels like they went into that game thinking there was a matchup they wanted to exploit with Gallup, yeah. and it just didn't it, work. It, it, didn't it work. just didn't work because you, can, you can't happen on happen upon 10 targets. Like That's yeah. something that I think is is scripted. That's something you yeah. have, you're making an intentional They tried to get him ball third down like we were yeah. talking about, and he just stopped. Yeah. And Dak's like, bro, you got to keep going. Just yeah. keep going. and I'm Because he threw the ball out in front where if he, he just runs it, catches it, and goes, they got a first down. Yeah, I would And the drop touchdown was, was big. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we talk about building confidence. That, that would have been right massive, there. not only for yeah. the Cowboys' offense, who really needed to get points on that um, on that play, but if you're Gallup and you're trying to work through what might be a confidence issue because things aren't necessarily going the way you want at that point in the game, you get that touchdown. All of a sudden, it's an explosive injection of confidence. But what happens? You drop it, and then you sink a little bit lower, and then the rest of the night just becomes the rest of the night. Yeah, if there's a guy that I want to see them do that with is Brandon Cooks, yeah. probably a little bit more than. Michael Gallup, just because yeah. he's so dynamic. There's just so much. I heard Jerry talking on the fan this morning, and I agree wholeheartedly. It was like, they got to use his speed upfield. He, he's and, and you saw it last night with the reverse. Skills, yeah. Picked it up for 14 yards. And I'd mentioned on that video I put yeah. on Twitter – uh, what they did with Kevontae Turpin yeah. in, in that game against the Niners. And I was like, that's the same thing they can do with Cooks. Like, they're just not using him in that way. There are opportunities to be able to match him up and force safeties into decisions where they have to decide on two mm-hmm. deep threats. And and if you got a Cooks or you've got a Turpin with that speed, good luck with that. Yeah, you know? they, they've they Cooks is your best route runner, in my opinion. Yeah. The way on that third down catch, the way that he was able to drive Samuel. I mean, he, he, he Samuel's cushion just got closed and it just turned into like uh oh panic and then you know the cooks just stops and turns and breaks back and there's the ball right there and that's that's what you got to have man those those route runners that drive defenders off and scare the hell out of them that they're going to go buy them but then they come back and get the ball and 
you keep the sticks moving. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's talk a little bit of red zone offense. Uh, we'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Something I have absolutely no guts to ever to do, the <laughs> 2024 PBR World Finals. That's professional bull riding for you there, Amber Garcia. I know what the, I live in Texas, Brian. I was not born you here, know, but I live South here. Amer- for... Some South American bull riders are really actually very good. I'm not from think. South America. Well, I'm just either. saying in the generally it's their South America. The Caribbean. This is a lot the Caribbean. Going on right here. There's guys, a lot going on right you guys now. Make, Bull riding, you fun got, stuff. You guys make a lot of good drinks in the Caribbean, I'll say that. <laughs> Maybe not ride bulls. Okay, they're taking over AT&T Stadium on May, uh, May, yeah, May 18th and 19th. <laughs> Don't miss your chance to see the biggest and the best bull riding action as got the world's time. best riders fight for the <laughs> coveted gold buckle. Uh, it all comes down to this. A two-day ticket packages are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. If we all had to go and ride a bull... Which one of us stays on longer? Uh, I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet Patrick will. You think Patrick stays? I, on I longer? think Patrick will stay on the longest. All right. I don't know. I have long legs. I, I can like, hold I'm on going, to I'm it going, pretty I'm going good. With Amber on this Me one. too. I think, I think Amber's yeah. going to intimidate the bull yeah, a little I think bit. Amber, <laughs> yeah, she she walk that. up to a point and it's her finger. <laughs> like, listen, you're not going to throw me and off And she just starts speaking right. Spanish on top of that. Like, so the bull's a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> the question would be, though, Amber, would you wear the helmet and the chest plate thing or just the cowboy hat? Like the old school way of riding bulls. 
Are you kidding me? You can get killed riding a bull. So protection. I don't like her chances. Yeah, me. I, I changed my pick. I, yeah. I changed no, my I'm pick. saying like shook I, you were <laughs> shook one. Definitely hell, man. You uh, uh-uh. those things are dangerous. Just put the shades well, on. Well, then, like I say, Amber, go on May. If 18th I'm gonna do that, I'll, go I'll, I'll do it. Prepare danger for the gold With, buckle. <laughs> All right, we have devolved enough. We're going to get back to it. Let's talk Cowboys. We're tired today. Golfers win $1.8 million for playing golf. Bull riders get about $25,000 or something like that. For risking their lives. Exactly. All right, let's go. uh, Let's talk a little bit about this defense. Yesterday, uh, overall, really great performance. Brian, you'd mentioned it earlier how well they did against the run, particularly. Uh, 23 carries for 53 yards. That was a 2.3 average. And Eckler, they only allowed him 27 yards on 14 carries, a 1.9 average. That all being said, they went into this game having to adjust to losing their middle linebacker uh, in Leighton Vander Esch. Were they successful in finding a way to work this defense without him? They were, uh, and in large part because, like like Brian said in the first segment, Damone Clark stepped up and yeah. and played very well in the run defense. He played sideline to sideline, but also he filled those gaps when they came available. And yeah. he he often met Eckler at the line of scrimmage or not far from the line of scrimmage. But um, glowing golden circle around Marquise Bell. What Marquise Bell was able to do against the Chargers was nothing short of stellar. It was a stupendous outing for Marquise Bell. And keep in mind, this is a this is a young man who is basically thrown into the fire as this hybrid guy following the loss of DeMarvion Overshone. This is the Overshone package that the Cowboys are basically utilizing him in. And he stepped in and he was making impact plays, you know, at several points over the first five games. But if you look at what he did against the Chargers, I mean, Eckler is having nightmares uh, about Marquise Bell. There was one play in particular where Mark uh, Eckler took the handoff. He was going up, I think it was off the A-gap. And almost as soon as he got the ball and looked up, there was Marquise Bell, and there was some wood being laid. Um, and then you look at the the uh, incomplete pass on Eckler and the flat that was jarred loose. I mean, the Cowboys' defense and the linebackers particularly, they came to play ball. Uh, and we talked about it. Losing LVE, uh, you can't overstate the magnitude of that, particularly in the run defense. But credit to Dan Quinn uh, for scheming this the right way and credit to those guys because it also goes down to execution. And, boy, were they executing last night. I literally have nothing else to add to that. That was well said. Oh, so we uh, you're ready to go right the bull then? They did a nice job. <laughs> mm-hmm. They did a very nice job uh, adapting and adjusting and making the changes that yeah. they needed to. I thought the most struggles that came from the defense were more on the secondary. Uh, that's where you start seeing, yeah. again, once again, the, the you're missing Trayvon Diggs. Mm. Stephon Gilmore at times... It's not the guy that you expected him it's to be. because he doesn't have that speed. That he, he sure yeah, does. That's, but that's then he'll make is. plays. Yeah, he'll, he'll make some plays that yeah. you're like, okay, okay, let me back off a little bit. But he's just, again, not the consistent type of player. They're on blend stepping up. That all to say, given the the absence of Leighton Vanderesh and then a guy like Trevon Diggs, those are two key players on your defense. I thought they they handled it pretty nicely. Yeah, the pressure was really really good, and yes. I think that rattled 
uh, that rattled their quarterback, uh, Herbert, a little bit. I, I don't think there were some throws that he made. The double moves you mentioned, Ambar, they got bland on a couple of those. Keenan Allen is a pain in the ass to deal with. We all understand that's that facts. right now. And, you know, that's that's something that, you know, a lot of teams, the Cowboys are not the only team that had to deal with that. But he is an outstanding player. But the pressure, the consistent pressure, the ability to choke the run, I think helped him in this football game. The Chargers are a team at the end that don't know how to finish. They lose a lot of games at the end because things happen to them. And you forced them into those things. It wasn't just the Chargers making mistakes. It was their in, your your pressure on them, your ability to stop the run. Uh, when the, the, the adjustment that they were able to make, when Micah went down as an as edge rusher or inside rusher, it was two safeties and a linebacker. Clark, Bell, and Wilson were playing, you know, and so right then and there, that was their adjustment. It was like, okay, if we're going to play Micah down, this is how we're going to try and match up. We're going to put two safeties down with Clark and see if we can do it. You mentioned the run through that Bell had for the tackle for loss, did a great job of reading it. Reading the play, guard tries to get him. Guard doesn't get him. He's through the hole, then tackle for loss. That's the kind of awareness that you get with with Marquise Bell, the way that he's able to play, the way the, the ability for him to see it and get to it and finish on the play. Really good job by the defense, uh, again, against a, a very, very difficult quarterback to play against and then wide receiver that can make a lot of plays on the outside. And also credit to the defensive line as well. I mean, you talk about run defense uh, and pressures. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence just continues to set the standard mm-hmm. as far as run defense for an edge rusher. He's just absolutely phenomenal. He's doing it on the front side. He's chasing them down from the back side. Uh, he, he just has no quit in him. And then also Diggy Zua continues yeah, yeah. game after game to just level up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's disrupting the backfield from the inside of the pocket, uh, which as we all know is basically how, is the best way to rattle a quarterback any quarterback young old doesn't matter osa had a win rate of 25 percent roughly last night one out of every four snaps he was in the uh, offensive backfield wreaking havoc so that defensive line you talked about jonathan hankins so agile for his size it's it's phenomenal um so yeah cowboys defensive line did their job um and then some and then like i said the linebacker core and guys like marquis bell stepping up damone clark stepping up big uh, it was just it was a fantastic outing and now we get to see hopefully after the bye week what rashawn evans looks like in this unit that has just shown that they can shut down a guy like Austin Eckler. After starting off so hot when it comes to the sacks that they were able to register over the last two weeks, Cowboys have gotten only one sack yeah. in each game. Does that concern you at all, or do you look at it from the standpoint of they still are leading the league in quarterback pressure percentage, yeah. um, and so the pressure is more important than the sacks? Well, they got the one sack when they really needed it. True. That closed the game. The press, the pressures affected the way that they played the game, the Chargers played the game. Uh, I think that, you know, Kellen Moore knew what he was up against. You know, he tried to scheme it the best he could. But uh, it really, you know, the pressure forced them to miss some throws. Uh, his, you know, he wasn't comfortable in the pocket and moving around, and having to deal with the, the busted up finger on the left hand. I don't think helped his situation at all. But uh, yeah, it, I, I know that there were some people that were talking to uh, Doug Nussmeyer after the game, and I, I got a chance to visit with, and they were saying that that. That he was even, you know, Herbert is banged up. He's trying to play through some things right now. And, you know, hey, there's no excuse. The Cowboys did a great job of getting after him. That's the bottom line. The pressures always affect. Sacks are great. Turnovers are great. They, heck, De'Ron Blank could have had two interceptions in that game. Yep. yep. He very easily could. They, the turnovers. One of them could have been a pick six. Yeah, pick yeah. six easy in, on there. But the, the pressure was what made the difference in this football game. The sack was the one that finished it off. Yeah. And, and sacks will always, always matter. Um, 
pressures matter as well, though. And, and that's the problem I have with uh, any faction of the fan base that kind of shrugs off pressures as if they're irrelevant. They're not irrelevant. Yeah. It, they go to the psychology of the, the quarterback that you're playing against. Right. It shrinks the, the mental window for that quarterback. And eventually they start kind of feeling pressure that's not even there, phantom pressure. Um, so that's what we kind of saw against uh, Austin, excuse me, not Austin Eckler, but Justin Herbert. The Cowboys and Micah Parsons, for example, yes, he had the, the what turned out to be a game ceiling sack led to Stephon Gilmore getting the uh, the interception. But if Micah doesn't get that sack and if Micah doesn't have eight pressures on the night like he did and Demarcus Lawrence with pressures and also Diggy Zool with pressures, if Herbert doesn't feel those pressures, then he doesn't feel panicked in those types of situations where he feels like, oh, I, there's something coming on the backside. Maybe there was, maybe there was not. The fact that you made him rattle like that means pressures matter and they will continue to matter. So, yeah, you absolutely want to see, to see the Cowboys get home more often, period, point blank. You want to yeah. see it. You need to see it. But it's also true that the fact that they're in the opposing backfield as regularly as they are, those are impacting games. Those are causing quarterbacks uh, and those timing windows in their head to shrink, and then that impacts what they can or can't do. I think those things, sorry, those things kind of go very hand in hand. I see pressures. I'll take pressures all day long rather than sacks. But sacks, I see them as like an energy shot, like mm. you take a quick energy booster and then you get that uh, confidence and, you know, everybody, it just makes you play better yeah. along that because you got that energy. But other than that, I mean, you take pressure all day long because of everything that you just said, how it affects everything else. Pressures get you wins. Sex get you paid. Yeah. They need to clean up the penalties, though, on defense. Oh, so. my God. No yeah. Absolutely. Oh my That's God. a whole team, yeah. But yeah, then again, but <laughs> Land Clark's crew helped you on a third and 19, so it was yeah. kind of a – yeah. yeah kind I mean, of a, yeah, we'll take some of those. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, because dang. then you got the punt fiasco. There was no help there. Uh, you know, that should have been fair catch interference. And then Jalen Tober was also blocked in the back on that same play. But, you know, sure, you know, they helped, I guess. So how concerned are you guys about that this is now happening? This is a recurring theme for this defense. Yeah. They lose receivers or they just get beat, flat-out beat downfield. Now, yesterday they weren't able to convert a couple yeah. of those, but if they would have, mm. that was two touchdowns that, that basically the Chargers left on the board. How concerned are you with that? Or is it a situation? Excuse me, a situation where you look at it and say the pressure is the reason why they can't complete those. So even if they lose or get beat downfield, their pressure's so good that protects this defense. Yeah, I, I just oof, that's a tough one because to me the pressures are great, but I've also seen quarterbacks under pressure make mm. completions, and you know sacks do in drives a lot of the time, uh, take you out of field range, whatever. But uh, the, the thing about it is. Yeah, it, you hope that that some of the things, the double move things, it, we see, we're going to see the twists on the offensive line. We're going to see more double moves. They're going to you got to prove to these coordinators that you play against that you can handle these things. If you don't, you're going to continue to see that. But yeah, it's an absolute concern. The twist fronts on offense, the double moves on defense. That, those are absolutely two things you need to worry about. And the secondary just needs to make sure that they're not um, assuming the pressure. Is, is going to happen. Um, there's a, a way to be confident in your defensive front to say, you know what, I know these, those guys are going to get back there, but I still have to remain sticky on my wide receiver. Uh, and 
when you see that start to happen, then you won't have the concern about guys like Keenan Allen getting behind you. And yes, this could have been a touchdown if if not saved by the pressure on Herbert that then rattled him, that made him overthrow the ball. Because sooner or later, um, you're going to run up against a quarterback that's not going to overthrow the ball, Brock Purdy. Um, so you got to make sure on those kinds of guys that, yeah, that's where sacks actually truly matter because you got to take a guy like Brock Purdy down. Otherwise, he's going to find a guy like Brandon Ayuk in that Keenan Allen situation that the Chargers weren't able to convert on. So, yes, yeah, that's why I said sex matter point blank, period. But so do pressures. But it's also contextual. And when you're with the secondary, when you're looking at the secondary, and I'm confident in those guys. I mean, Deron Bland, he remains, even though he had his struggles last night, remains one of the best corners in the league. Uh, still kind of finding his legs on the boundary, but we've also seen him now get interceptions on the boundary. So he'll learn as he gets more reps out there. Um, you know, and Jordan Lewis, again, I think he'll come, he'll come on and come better because he's been playing well with the exception of last night. And, you know, Stephon Gilmore, I think they figured out or they already know that you don't have the speed of Gilmore that you had in, in the younger Gilmore days. So a lot of times what they're trying to do is drag him across the field exactly so that, to keep him trailing and as opposed to keeping him stuck to the hip. And that's how you take advantage of it. When you don't do it that way and you try to play him straight up, you know, you get a game ceiling interception. So that's how it has to be played. Yeah, I think it's I was just gonna add yeah. that it's definitely concerning, especially when you don't know how much you can trust trust your offense. Because that's another thing. Sure. Last night's game, you were able to win because the offense was able to score some points, but you'd never know what kind of offense you're gonna get with the True. Cowboys. Yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Actually tomorrow. We'll have our mashup shows. Mix it up. Uh, See you at 9 a.m., guys. Tomorrow, and Mix Brian's going to be on Talk and Check Brian's This Out. Show. Tomorrow, we got Kyle Yeomans and Barry Church, Brian Broaddus and Kurt Daniels on uh, Talking. Uh, of course, on Storyline with Nick, you'll have uh, Nick and Nate Newton will be joining him. Uh, then on Cowboys Break at 11 o'clock, I've got Nick Harris and Danny McRae and John Mishota joining me. Mm. That should be a fun Spicy. show. Mick Schatz will have Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, and Christy Scales. Um, and then hanging with the boys, Shannon Gross, Aisha Morrison, Patrick Walker, and Heckma Harrison. That should be a fun show as well. Players Lounge, Dewey Scruggs, Jesse Holly, Everson Walls, and Jess Navarez. And then Girls Talk, Boys Talk, guess what, Amber? You make your debut on Girls Talk, Boys <laughs> Talk with Nicole Hutchinson. Uh, Isaiah Standback and Savannah Hugh Miller. So it, it should be a fun day tomorrow. Make sure you check us out. Start in the morning. Ride with us all day. We won't have shows on Thursday and Friday. I'm going to give these guys a little time to to recharge. And then on Monday, we'll do another mashup show. So it's going to be a fun few days. I uh, hope you guys will join us. Till the end, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Yeltsin. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!